you're probably asking yourself, who are these guys and why in the world are they recording themselves? Are they Christians? Are they going to be talking more about the Bible? Darn right we are. <laughs> is, it, is this it? <laughs> I can't. You want to say it? No, I'm just kidding. Go no, we're good. What, what are we really going to do? I don't know. It's like, hey, welcome to our first podcast, uh, The Jesus Way. Should I say the name? Can, I, can we do that? Just like, hey. Okay, let's, just, let's just don't. And I'm, like, I'm just going to be like, what is that? Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Jesus Way, where Brandon and I talk through different topics and try to introduce the gospel of Jesus to every kind of cultural moment and topic in our life. Brandon, so what is, what is this? This is a brand new podcast slash YouTube channel that we're starting. And quite frankly, the first question I would be asking myself if I saw two goons starting yet another content we, we stream, need more. We need more. I would be thinking we need more. Yeah, why why didn't they do this years ago? Why, <laughs> Absolutely. why, why not yet another voice, uh, you know, uncredentialed voice speaking into uh, whatever in the world we're going to speak, be speaking into. But the real motivation that we both have for this, that we've talked about, you know, off camera, um, that we wanted to basically platform in some way is to speak to cultural issues and personal issues through a Christian lens and really through... So we came up with the name, the, the Jesus way, because even Christian in a weird way has some baggage or connotations and it's like Christian, that's what I grew up as, Mm -hmm. or isn't, you know, isn't that like being Catholic or, you know, and so we're, we're, I, I think that we're both just motivated by the desire to get down to something essential and, and, and simple, like the simplicity yes. of Jesus, the, yeah. the, the way of Jesus, um, working past all the crazy baggage that we have in our culture um, to sort of get back to basics and beginnings and ancient truth in mm-hmm. a modern world, basically. Yeah. Yeah, we thought it'd be good to kind of start off by acknowledging you and then never looking at the camera again and <laughs> just having a conversation about, like you said, Jesus. Um I think that we both experience people we love and care deeply about who over the years have either been like, you know, drawn away from the gospel of Jesus, or maybe they're never really in it, never really evolved, yeah. uh, never really all in. Um, I think you said something just the, you know, the simplicity of Jesus is so beautiful and so sweet where we're also warned, like, do not be deceived by the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus as though Eve was deceived in the garden. Mm. Sometimes the simplicity of the gospel, which is so beautiful, it's, it's, you know, um, it's one of those things where it's simple, but yet you can't mm. go deep enough into it. Yeah. Um, I love how Proverbs talks about, it's like treasure in a mountain, mm. you know, and you have to mine it and it takes work. Yeah. And so sometimes you're talking through different topics and it's not as easy as a quick, quick little tweet or a quick little sentence to summarize and like end all topics. It takes some mining and it yeah. takes some diligence to like get that out. Yeah. And so I think our hope is to, how do we, how do we talk through some, you know, realistic and real life um, issues, uh, whether that be just kind of what we're seeing in the news, what we're yeah. seeing in daily life or personally experiencing, how do we come alongside those who we love dearly and just kind of offer just hopefully some helpful content that can yeah. grow them in their faith Yeah, uh, to equip the body. You see how he corrected me there with my word simplicity, but yeah. with so much tact and compliment sandwich. Isn't that beautiful? That <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you totally blew it, bro. Um, no, but I think, you know, there's also the side where Brandon and I, as we've been talking and just developing our friendship, there's such a... Um, I, there's reasons why we follow Jesus. And I think there's credible reasons why we follow Jesus. 
and we want to share those credible reasons why we follow Jesus. And, and sometimes it takes time again to unearth that, unpack that. And I think that's, it's very easy to kind of gloss over out of all the issues in the world. It's like Christians almost don't have a platform or a voice to speak into it. It's yeah. kind of like, we know what they're going to say. We know their yeah. answer. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, um, again, it's, it's, it's simple in some ways, but incredibly rich. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't know if it is as simple maybe as that word might mean sometimes. Yeah. And to defend my usage of the word simple, no, I'm just kidding. No, but what I really meant is like, there's so many things tethered to Christian language that are not Christian. Yes. That's, that's, that's what I'm good. trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many connotations and basically like trappings of Christianity, like relics of Christianity that are basically like not important. Like you actually don't need them. Like you don't yeah. need the the felt thing. Like the the little felt, you know that developed by faith in a big way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember that. But it's no great. one knows what you're talking about. Okay. It's the, about like Jesus yeah. talking about water. Yeah, yeah. Or like the pew. Like you don't actually need to sit in like the pew. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or like stained glass is beautiful, but like beautiful. you don't need it. And like and that's like the most basic level. But there, there's just sure. a lot of sure. things that get associated with Jesus that are not really the Jesus way. Yeah, yeah. And so when I say simple, what I'm really getting at is like removing the the confusion from the image, mm-hmm. like wiping the image clean and like trying to see the, the pure face of Jesus wow. and present that to people. That's what I'm... Yeah. No, I know it's cool. I mean, I think about what drew me to Christ. Um, it was it was a message, but I think about it was someone I knew up hand, up close, who I saw Jesus in them. And it was so beautiful. And it was a mixture of, so this was a pastor that is probably one of the most realistic, down to earth, you know, genuinely cared for people. Um, like love people, had a joy in him that was like not fake or forced. It was not like a weird kind of, you know, Christian happy. It was just, it's like this joy that was like, wow, what is, what is that? You know, this was someone who lost his wife, lost a, lost a child. Mm-hmm. And yet I saw richness and beauty and joy in his life. I was like, I want that. Like, how do I, how do I get that? Mm-hmm. And then it made me explore like, okay, well, what does this person believe? What do they cling to? And um, it made me explore the Christian faith, I think even more. And I think we're trying to just say like, what, what is drawing you to Jesus? Um, and hopefully ultimately all of it brings us back to the person of Jesus, right? I mean, like when we say the Jesus way, we're just saying every topic in worldview, we have personal opinions that I know will possibly be brought in, brought into this. And we're trying to do our best to be like, I know Josiah, like Josiah and who I am, my natural way of thinking might approach it this way. Yeah. But Jesus, you in me, you in me, the hope of glory. How would you approach yeah. this topic that is, not gonna, it's not going to be easy. It's always it's going to offend someone eventually, um, and we want to navigate that like like as best as we can, like Jesus, because Jesus was brilliant to navigate those questions and re- ask a question in return, or just to yeah. kind of navigate those yeah. those life issues. Um, and our hope is to go. How do we apply the gospel? As you said in the very beginning, how do we apply the gospel to every topic? So no matter what the topic is, we might have you know the gospel and fill in the blank, and it might be a word that emotionally charges one if not everyone in some yeah. way yeah but we're trying to do our best with love with grace with truth to navigate and kind of find the gospel thread in yeah. it maybe a redemptive kind of thread in it um yeah. and i think that's what i love too is like there's always it wasn't every worldview there's like a gospel thread meaning i can find a way not just to condemn this worldview but to redeem it yeah um and i think that's what we're trying to find is how do we redeem this hunger or desire for something that someone's expressing yeah. Maybe it's a gospel desire they don't even know they have. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like too, I'm I'm so tired of seeing people speaking on behalf of Jesus who 
are actually like false teachers and, and like seeing like the the baggage that comes out of that and just seeing the the horrible negative ripple effects um so how do we not be that how do, how do we not add to that right how do we not add to that it, it, yeah it, it's it, and like like even for myself personally i'm like yeah. anytime that i see even if it is like young like less qualified people whatever mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. who who i can tell are actually christian and who are doing their best to not avoid all like all the things that are like relevant and happening in our culture i always appreciate it even if it's like stumbled through not perfectly articulated but i'm always like i appreciate Mm -hmm. so much that you actually like leaned into that Mm -hmm. and tried to and tried to um bring the gospel Mm -hmm. into a practical real world moment in context Mm -hmm. it's like well the gospel and you know colin kaepernick you know there's like this whole like cultural divide about this but like it's like conservative versus mm-hmm. like liberal. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's like this, there's all these like dividing lines that are drawn mm-hmm. around something like that. And you can analyze something like the the whole Colin yeah. Kaepernick saga as an example. You can analyze it from a bunch of different perspectives, yeah, but yeah. how many times have you heard it analyzed from a gospel perspective? Yes, like yeah. a lot less. And so, yeah. I mean, at least for, for me, that's like a huge, I think a huge need mm-hmm. that, that exists is like, Christian and mm-hmm. not afraid to talk about culture. Yes. I mean, you're right. You're spot on. And I think that that's going to be the difficult or like, is this too much of Brandon's voice or Josiah's voice and not Jesus's voice? Yeah. And hopefully we're going to be keeping each other accountable in those conversations. Yeah. It's like, is that a Brandon voice or is that a Jesus voice? Yeah. I'm speaking into that. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I want to, again, it's like, and that's so hard to do. Like, yeah, we have to acknowledge that there's a side of this where it's not as objective as we want to be, but there still is an objective truth. Yeah. And we were, we're trying to find in this, you yeah. know, that obviously there's going to be influences in my life, your life to kind of where we land and why we land here. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to go, but you know, the gospel challenges me to kind of let go of the, the way I would have done it or the way I want it. And to say, you know, Jesus isn't just challenged left or right. He challenges everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm going to be challenged along the way. My, my worldview has been challenged greatly along the way. Yeah. And there comes a point where I go, I have to surrender my worldview to Jesus. What are you saying? What do you say? Um, you know, there's so many different topics on this, right? I mean, it's endless. Yeah. But our hope is to find like Jesus, what, what is the Jesus way? And, that, and the early church was known for that, right? Like in the book of Acts, yeah. one of the titles or names the church was given was just called the way. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I want to, you know, I want to kind of get in that. So I want to ask you like, so what, what is like the Jesus way? Or maybe you've heard it, like, Jesus is the way. And there's also the way of Jesus. Um, how would you def- describe the difference? So if we say the Jesus way, do we have two beings or what, how do you, how do you kind of approach that? Um, Jesus is the way yeah. it, it is, is basically all about his identity mm-hmm. and, and his unique position as the only begotten son of God, mm-hmm. the only person who has died for anybody's sins and therefore the only way to the father. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that when he, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life, it's just so beautifully explicit yeah. and so beautifully um, exclusive because he's basically saying, I'm it. Yes. Like, yes. No, no one else has done or will do for you what I have. And if they even w- were to, they don't hold the power in, in their nature to 
to be able to absorb absorb all of your mm-hmm. iniquity. Yeah. Like I'm the only one standing in the gap for you. There is no other. So yeah. So follow me. Follow yeah. my way. You know. So that's that's why I love is the gospel. It's very exclusive and inclusive, right? Yeah. And you want both, but it is Jesus is the way. Like that is an exclusive. Any sort of truth claim is exclusive in its nature. Yeah. So Jesus is like that's me. I'm the way. Yeah, I'm the way to the Father, you know. Yeah. And Thomas is like, how can we know the way? He's like, I'm the way, and so yeah. Jesus is the way, um, and that is exclusive, but it's also inclusive, meaning anyone can come to Him. Yeah, and that's what we want to say is, you know, it's like broad is the gate that leads to destruction, narrow is the, is the way that leads to life. And it's weird because it's like it's not even, it's not exclusive arbitrarily. It's yeah. it's not exclusive like, I just decided to make it such that. It's only me. It's yeah. like baked into the cake of if Jesus is telling mm-hmm. the truth, baked into the cake of if the creator of the universe and the creator of every person actually wrote himself into the story, lived the perfect life that we didn't live, yeah. die the death that we couldn't die. Like if any of it's true, it must be exclusive mm. because of course then every other per- every other thing on the table is like totally irrelevant. Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't like nothing else matters. Like it, it, if Jesus is God, then you you're so happy that it's exclusive mm-hmm. and you're like okay this is like i mean this is beautiful like yeah. if this is true this is beautiful like yeah you, like the, the the i mean it, it would be like saying like going to like braveheart for a second yeah. like like william wilberforce and the whole freedom and, and basically sacrificing himself for like the people of scotland it's like is that the only guy like we only get we only get one william wallace wait yeah i was gonna say wilberforce did i say wilberforce yeah william sorry wallace. no you're good Correct. Uh, they're both great men or, or pick sure. pick yeah. pick any hero like well, yeah. to, let me give an even more practical example like yeah. you're you're in some type of a crisis and somebody comes to save the day and you're like but like what are my other options like that uh-huh. like the only reason that you would have that attitude is if you didn't believe that the person who was there helping you in yeah. the first place was able to sufficiently solve your problem <laughs> so rooted in that um problem that people have with this exclusivity is actually unbelief that he's legitimately who he said that he was and is actually good and offering himself in a good way like you it's basically like i don't like you i don't like the 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 way that this deck is stacked i don't like it because it puts me in a weak position and i and it's saying that you have to be strong where i'm weak and i don't like that yeah so what are my other options here what other god can i find that's going to tell me that i'm actually kind of Mm -hmm. cool how i am and I don't have to do this whole crazy bow down and repent and contrition and this whole thing. Like I don't like that option because it makes me it makes me face myself in a yeah. deep way that I don't really want to do right now. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I don't like the exclusivity. Yeah, sure. Well, I think the, the the beauty of it as well is a lot of worldviews will tell you the way. Do these things, and you will find the way. In a sense, like this will lead to the way. When Jesus said, I am the way. And yeah. I, the, the difference obviously takes that pressure off of like, wait, there's not like, what, what's the requirement of me? Yeah. You know, the requirement, I love when, you know, the Pharisees approach Jesus in the book of John, they go, what are the works we must do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus goes, this is the work. Yeah. Like, they ask works. He responds singularly and goes, this is hmm. the work That's you good. must do. Believe on me whom the Father sent. Hmm. And they go, wait, what? That's, so wait, the requirements? Like, I want to know the way. This is the way. Believe on me whom the Father has sent. I'm the way. And it's a simple analogy, though, of just my son who's six and my daughter who's three, and they're, like, at school or something. I'm like, Dad, like, take me home. And I'm like, okay, well, here's what you're going to do. Get in the car. 
you're gonna drive down the road, you're gonna get on the 95, you're gonna take that for like six miles. You know, me telling the way is not helpful. Yeah. Right? It's like that they're not gonna get there. Yeah. If I say, okay, come, like come with me. Like I'm the way to home. Yeah. And it's like, come on, like I'll take you there. Hmm. And that's such a more freeing thing than me telling you, go go do this, you'll, you'll end up home. Like, I'm sure you'll get there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Versus like, no, no, like I'll, I will get you there. Yeah. So there's that side where Jesus, and it's so freeing, like the gospel is so beautiful to me that way. It's yeah. so freeing. And that was a, a huge weight off my shoulders, like in high school, and I'm struggling with like, if, you know, if there's a God, like, why, how do I know he even loves me or cares for me? Yeah. Just knowing that he goes, I'm the way. Like, just, let me just take that off. You know, come to me. Are you tired? Are you tired of religion? Like, yeah. I'll give you rest. Yeah. And that was so freeing for me. But then there's a side where, but there's the way of Jesus. Like, Jesus does have imperatives and commands. Yeah. And things he tells us to do. So, you know, there's Jesus as the way, and then there's the way of Jesus. So, yeah. how would you describe that? I, I would describe that as something that, like, honestly like don't even like worry about it or think about it until you're just totally in love with the first part and Mm -hmm. and until you until you're just like i like everything that happens from here happens in light of him and what he's done for me that's i'm like because that's a great point you're saying yeah before you get to like what to do yeah, I'm stop, saying like, stop in that first part. And, and the reason I say that is because yeah. it's like it's those, those lines get so blurred mm. because people like the most natural human instinct in the world mm. is how do I fix this problem? Mm. How do I work myself up there? How do I climb this ladder? How do what, so? What do I got to do to get a raise? What do I got to do to get the the GPA that I want? What do I like? We're constantly self assessing and we're constantly like we're we're like literally wired to assess and measure our, our own behavior mm-hmm. and to try to improve it, improve it, improve it, do a little bit more, a little bit more. And we're, and we're looking out into society and people around us and we're comparing ourselves mm-hmm. to other people. Like it's so fundamental to human mm-hmm. nature to do that. And so when you say like the second part of it, like, but like, what is like the, how the what, way of Jesus, the way of Jesus. It's like, okay, I, I can do this. So what is the way of Jesus? Like, yeah. let's go. Yes. And, and it's like, like I, I'm going to answer the question, but I just, no, want, I want to like highlight it so much because yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Yes. Like literally. Like, which is... Which is what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, For by grace you've been yes, saved. Yes, no, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we know the thing. But the, but the point is like... Um, but I actually kind of... I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, because it's so good. I agree because it's almost what Paul says in Galatians. That which began in the, in the spirit, you're not going to try to make perfect in the flesh. So, yes. a, so I really appreciate what you're doing, which is like, I do believe there's the way of Jesus. Like you said, we'll get to that. Yes. But sometimes, we, you know, it began in the spirit and now we try to work it out. Yes. Right? And it's like, yes, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's God who works in you. So work out what God has worked in you. But it began in the Spirit. Let yeah. it continue in the Spirit. And, and um, if I'm being yeah. completely honest, like, I, I believe that you can do the spiritual disciplines of, like, mm-hmm. Richard Foster. Sure. And all the rest of the things. I mean, probably you could even aim at the Sermon on the Mount every mm-hmm. single day. Yeah. And still have that fundamental heart posture towards jesus and his atonement for you where you're like i think that i'm kind of doing pretty good though on my spiritual disciplines but it's awesome to know that that's available to me and like i academically consent to that something happened there Mm -hmm. but this is like kind of a i guess like a more progressive christian stance where it's like you see more of an emphasis placed on Mm -hmm. the behaviors Mm -hmm. the disciplines like i'm I'm doing this the you know the desert monks were fasting i'm fasting and and, and, which is beautiful but, which, but and that's what i'm yeah. saying and, and that's what's so tricky is it is so beautiful yes. but it's like uh, you kind of like over the past decade i'm kind of i have a lot of friends you know who are, are kind of in that in that place yes and like part of me is just always wondering like 
the emphasis is so off here. Like mm. this isn't, this doesn't seem to be coming from a place of like complete and utter appreciation for the gospel. Yeah. And like, I am a wretch who has been like loved in the deepest Mm -hmm. places. And like, I I literally deserve nothing and have been given everything. Mm -hmm. Like I, I I mean everything else, like that, that's how I feel about, about myself. I I literally feel like everything else is icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's, it, like it is finished. Mm -hmm. Like it is done. Like, like I'm literally like sealed. Yes. Like I'm sealed with his spirit. Like Mm -hmm. he's given me his deposit for heaven. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I, I'm an eternal being that like knows where it's going and it's done. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, but life's not over yet. Okay. Yeah. So like, what's the icing on the cake part? And that, and that's what you're saying. But, but I, I think what is really good is what we're doing is we don't want to move on from Jesus is the way, meaning we don't want to just get on to like, now what are those lifestyles and those spiritual disciplines or habits take? Like that's very important. But if you, if you lose sight of the why, if you lose sight of it's a love of Christ that compels me. Yes. If you lose sight of what Paul's kind of always gotten to, it's just this this motivation of the goodness and the reconciliation of God that moves me to be an ambassador. Like, no, yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to take on these disciplines. It, it comes out if I get to or I want to, you know. And I, I love that. I think in our own faith, that's what happened eventually, where it's like, I have to do these things to like I want to do these things. I, yeah. I, I get to do these things. I get to seek the Lord. So prayer is not just like a discipline. It's a it's a blessing. It's not just a habit. It's, it's like, it's a, it's a joy. Yeah. However, there's just times where you're emotionally not there. There's just times where, you know, I don't want to work out, but yeah. like, I have to force myself like, okay, I brush my teeth. I wake up, I work out. Like I have to do those things. It has to be on my schedule. Yeah. You know, and I think there's a side of it for me where, you know, being married 14 years now, you know, mm-hmm. we could have a date night any night we wanted before kids. Like, just like, yeah, want to do date night? Yeah, let's do it. Like, yeah. we could do it whenever we wanted. Now yeah. it's like, it's romantic when you schedule it. And it's like, hey, we, I had called a babysitter. They're coming. Yeah. Like, just know that like Thursday's coming and we're going to have a baby, whatever. Like, it's so yeah. nice to know that. That's cool. Um, that's and I, I think that that's what it sometimes is like with Jesus, where it's like, it's not wrong to schedule it. It's not wrong to say, but I have to have these disciplines in my life for the sake of growth, for the sake of block, saying, Lord, this is, a, this is an important time to me. I yeah. don't want, I don't want people or things to take it. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it's less romantic or it's less spiritual. Sometimes yeah. it might be just as much. Yeah. You know, but yeah. No, I, I think that's, I think that's so good. And, I, and I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not saying that like there's you're no a lazy slob in your Christian life. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Just there's a there's a real Christian life to be lived, and it's and it's it's through the power of the Spirit, and and like God God does actually ask us to do stuff once we're beautifully born again. It's like we don't just get translated to heaven immediately and it's yeah. done. Why is that? Why, like, why do we live another 50 years? Like, what are we, what are we Hopefully. supposed to, or, yeah. or, or however yeah, yeah, long, whatever. but like, yeah, but yeah, like, and like for, for that matter, why did the cross happen 2000 years yeah, ago and yeah. we're still ticking? Like, yeah. what the heck is that about? Yeah. And it's like, there's something so, there is something so essential that God, God really, really wants to use people mm-hmm. to do his will. Apparently. Isn't that crazy? I don't get that still, but it's yeah. beautiful. You're right. I mean, it's the disciples looking up to heaven as Jesus ascends and the angels show up and they're like, get to work. Not, not really, right. But like they go pray, right? Yeah. It's almost like, Hey, the same way he, he's gone, he's coming, he's coming back. Yeah. And there's it's like, we want to behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord. We want to yeah. go to his temple and meditate on him. Like we, there's something so beautiful about what you're saying, like just fixing on the cross. Yeah. But then we forget this like angelic slash, obviously Jesus giving us that great commission. Yes. Like, okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we, in this, in this conversations, it has to be a mixture of, 
you know, we want to bring our heart posture back to this place of worship, black, back to this place where Jesus is at the center. He's preeminent. Yeah. And, and out of that comes like, but we, we kind of can't like just stay in a room and talk about these things. Yeah. Like, that could be the dangerous thing of Christianity. It's just like, we have the right theology and a terrible lifestyle, right? That's, that's dangerous for me. There, the Celtic um, tradition, ha- I can't remember who wrote it, but it's like such a beautiful metaphor and they talk about basically the idea of breathing. And they're like, you breathe in and like you have to breathe out. Mm-hmm. And like if you are actually in in your spiritual life, like breathing in, which again, not literally, I'm not talking yoga, but like like through his word, mm-hmm. through prayer, through, you know, his creation, through people. Like mm-hmm. you're if you're really like being filled with the good things of God, mm-hmm. like it's like having a big, it's like having your lungs full of oxygen and like, it's the most natural thing in the world for that to breathe out. And that's kind of the missional mm-hmm. part of it. That's the horizontal part. And yeah. I love that analogy because it, it breathing in always comes before breathing out. You mm-hmm. can't breathe out if there's nothing in your lungs. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, like you can't really give any spiritual gift to anybody if it's not one that you have received yeah. from God mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you literally have nothing to give, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it, what are the two, I mean, it's, it, it says, um, uh, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And with me, you can do all things. Mm-hmm. So it's like in John 15, like mm-hmm. that whole idea of like abide. But then that chapter gets super, uh, that whole, not even chapter, but John yeah. 15, 16, 17 yep. gets incredibly missional. And it's like yep. the Holy Spirit's coming. And in 17, that prayer, like you, you and I, are, we're all one. Mm-hmm. And then it's, but it's ultimately like mm-hmm. pointing out toward the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I just think that like, I guess to go back to the start of your question, like, like I really do think that like just adoring Jesus, Mm -hmm. worshiping Jesus, delighting in Jesus. And and like the more that that comes into play, the more that you're like, I have something to say. And I have like, I actually have love in my heart to give. I actually have joy in my heart to share. Like there's something that I've been given through Mm -hmm. his presence that I, that I want to share. Like I'm, I'm like a full, like my cup runneth over yes, and I have something to give Wow. as compared with like, let's use Paul for an example. Mm-hmm. Like Paul before the road to Damascus was really good at the Richard Foster spiritual disciplines. I mean, he was really dialed in. Oh, why are you going to hate on Richard Foster? <laughs> I love him, bro. Okay. <laughs> I'm but kidding. I'm saying, I'm just kidding. Yeah, keep going. but I'm saying it's an example of if you're focusing too much on the behavior, sure. like, mm-hmm. like Paul was dialed in really nicely, but what's yeah. the, what, what's, what changed with him? Like, what's the difference, yeah. you know? And, and that's all I'm trying to say. No, I mean, I, I, mean, I agree. Jesus is like, you know, you can cut off your hand, you can, you can plug out your eye, but there's still this wicked heart in us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so you could do all the, you know, the things you, you abstain from, you can yep. exercise disciplines. Like, I'm abstaining from these things. It's still have a wicked heart. Yeah. You know, so I, I agree. Like, the heart needs to be transformed, first and foremost. Then my hand, then my will, it'll, it'll proceed, it'll change. Yeah. I mean, but there is the, obviously the whole kind of conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Is, you know, less are those who, who hear them and do them. And do them, yeah. It, it's like a man who builds his house on a rock. So, yeah. We want to not just hear, like, we want to hear. Yeah. We want to worship. We want to respond. Like you said, we want to adore. We want to behold the beauty of the gospel of Jesus. Like we want to, wow. I, and I think you can't even do that unless you spend some time on how, like you said, how filthy I am. That yeah. is literally, I think, the most overlooked key component of the gospel, which I, I want to like get to in like a different podcast and just sit. Um, yeah. Because it makes you appreciate like the life that comes next. It yeah. makes you appreciate the new life, the spirit, 
um, the Spirit-filled life, it makes you appreciate it to a whole new level. Yeah. You realize what you've been saved from and yeah. now what you're saved to. Yeah. Um, so I think that's you're spot on. So be, okay, let me ask you this because I want to change. It'd be cool to get a whiteboard right here. Let's do it. We can draw. We can like, and we can like. No, what about the felt? Draw it right now. Just the felt. Oh yeah, we'll get a felt thing. <laughs> just, we'll draw there and then erase it. Like, this things. is no, Jesus. This is what he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll do both. We'll do both. Yeah. Um, but I want to change it because I think a, a heart of ours too, as we kind of mentioned. But um, I think for me growing up, what was so important were people introducing very tough, realistic questions of people I met in life. So like, some of it was life experience of people who asked me a question about my faith or Christianity. Mm-hmm. And some of it was also like preparing me for different worldviews or thoughts that are just counter to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a, what we call like apologetics, essentially defending the faith. And we mm-hmm. think sometimes, like you said to me earlier, that it's not just like the outsider, like the Buddhist or the Hindu, mm-hmm. you're trying to defend your faith against some like big worldview. There might be times like that, but you're just yeah. trying to like learn to defend your faith amongst like Christians, meaning I want to I want to be ready. Like I want to train Christians to be ready for those conversations. So I think our, our approach to this in some ways is going, how do we introduce certain, like the, the gospel has good answers and solutions mm-hmm. to the world's problems, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We, we said we have the solution, which is Jesus, but we how do we unpack that when you get into certain topics that are tricky to navigate? Yeah. And again, sometimes a Christian's voice can almost be irrelevant. It's like, we want to hear from everyone in the world what your thoughts are on this, except the Christians. Yeah. You know, because maybe they yeah. don't know the beauty of our, our approach or answer. Yeah, that's so, so true. I mean, how do you speak into the apologetic side um, that we want to kind of create through this? Um, I, I mean, I think at some point it becomes necessary. I, I, I really feel like the whole idea of apologetics is a reaction to like, you basically don't start there. You basically are like, here's the gospel. And then people are like, well, what about this? And you're like, well, that's a good question. And then you're like, well, let's go on one step fur- further, one la- layer deeper. And then you're doing apologetics. So I-, I think that it's, especially in this, especially in America, especially in 2022, I think it's like basically not for everybody, but I think it's it's inevitable that it's going to come into play. Like yeah. people are going to say, well, how do I know the Bible's like authoritative? Yeah, I know. Or here, here's a huge one, which we I don't know if we want to go into this right now, but this is a huge one. Like, well, how, how is this gospel so good when the, apparently the whole thing was engineered such that if I don't accept him, then I burn in hell? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the same guy that I'm supposed to be convinced is good, but that's like, and he orchestrated that? Like, so he just sends you to hell if you don't do what he wants. Oh, awesome. So he sounds really great. So it's like, possibly, you have to do a lot. Now you have to basically do apologetics to explain yes. this. And I feel like we're raising questions we need our whole a whole episode. I know. Before. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, but you're you're. But I'm using that as like a really course. juicy example because it's like <laughs> you can just say the um, mm-hmm. propositional affirmative truth. Yes. And if you don't actually speak into the questions that somebody else has in response mm-hmm. to that, if you're like, no, but this is the truth. Yeah. Jesus Christ died on the cross on the third day. He was rose again according to the scriptures. It's like that's totally true and and amazing, but like. If you're not addressing the mm-hmm. obstacle that exists in that person's heart that makes that not so cool, like for example the the hell thing, mm-hmm. how do you square that circle? You know, and if you're not if if you don't speak into that, mm-hmm. then it basically just like bounces off of a person's heart, like you know, water on a duck's back. Kind and, of thing. and that might be their question, but that also might be someone else's question they're asking that they found on Google. You uh-huh. know, yeah. And I think we're always trying to go, but what is obviously what are you? What's behind that question? Yeah, you know, and it's probably and it, so- it ended up being my question. If I'm being no, honest, of course, like yeah. I, I mean that that I came. I was not in a good place because mm-hmm. of that question for mm-hmm. or like a year. Well, you brought it up, so tell, tell me the solutions as you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my solution isn't agreed upon by everybody, mm-hmm. 
But my solution is basically that in order for love to exist, free will must exist. And in order for free will to exist in a way that is meaningful, you must actually be able to say yes to God. And if you can actually say yes to God, you can also actually say no to God. If, if those choices are not legitimate, if it's like some kind of a, a watered down version of that, then you don't actually have real free will. And if you don't have real free will, you don't actually have real love. But I'm totally convinced personally that God wants a very real kind of love from people in response to who, I mean, it, it's his, yeah, it's yeah. his nature. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't want to play games with us and give us like mm -hmm. pared down, like watered down versions of things. He's like, I make myself vulnerable to a real yes and a real no from you. And, and the real no, the problem with the no, it's not like I created this place called hell that I'm going to put you in if you say no to me, because that would be very, um, I mean, questionable yeah, yeah nice. it would be yeah it would be questionable to be nice but it, it really is it's c.s lewis helped me a lot with yeah, this totally it, it's it's really i realized in hindsight i lacked understanding of god of who god is yes and it's basically god is the source of all goodness Absolutely. beauty joy love yes. light i mean everything that you've ever mm -hmm. liked is a derivative of God. Mm -hmm. When we talk about God, we literally mean the origin of all good things. Mm -hmm. So, and God is saying, I'm the origin of all good things and I want you. I want you yeah. to be me, with me. I, 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 I present myself to you. I desire you. I'll even die on the cross for you after you've screwed it up. Be mine. Be my beloved. Now, for your yes to me to be real then no also has to be real. But the problem is when you say no to the source of all good things, you get the you get the opposite. Yeah. And literally hell, as, as far as I can tell mm -hmm. in my studies, is basically the absence of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. It's it's separation from God. It's a place that, whether literal or metaphorical, or, or how, mm -hmm. the, those matter a lot less yeah. than the idea that you're not with him. Mm -hmm. And... You put yourself there. Mm -hmm. He wanted you to be with him. You chose your your way over his way. Yeah. And the only logical possible outcome from that, in light of the fact that your will was real enough to say yes or no, is that he finally goes, ah, no. Okay, mm -hmm. your wish is my command. Mm -hmm. I won't coerce you. I won't psychically rape you into relationship with me. I won't do it. I'll let you say no to me. The problem though, when you say no to God, is you get is you don't get to be with God mm -hmm. and that's basically hell. Mm -hmm. Wow. Do we, do we end there? <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. Um, it's one of those things where I don't, see, I don't think we always present God as uh, a God that pursues and a God that we, you, you see the intent of God, which is like in Ezekiel, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Yeah. Therefore turn and live or God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Like you see, you see really the heart of God or when Paul saying as if God were pleading through us on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Yeah. I mean, that is that phrase of as if God is right now pleading. And just like, I don't know if we as Christians or the world has a view of God pleading. Like, yeah. God is it plead. And I just think of like as a, a dad with a kid, my son, if you were to like go down a destructive path, like I'm pleading with you. Yeah. And like with everything I have, please like turn to Jesus or turn and live. 
And him going, no, I, won't, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if we always present God as a God who pleads with us. And just, he doesn't have to. He doesn't need to. It's crazy that he, he even it's uses so those crazy. terms. It doesn't make sense. Like, I know. why would God plead? I, I'm pleading. Like, and in reality, it's crazy. Like, sometimes we also present the opposite where Christians will plead with God. Like, God, please forgive me. Yeah. That's not, no, the prodigal son analogy is obviously the best. It's the father sees the son off, far off. Yeah, I know. It, it, and he runs, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and I used to, I honestly used to feel like uncomfortable with that. But it's like, uh, like if the gospel's true, then that's like, it, that's like baked into the cake. Yeah. Like, cause, cause that's the most, I will go above and beyond. I will, I like, you know what I mean? Like, like the, the, the coming to earth, dying on the cross, being the son of man came to be a servant of all. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the way that Jesus operated, it's like, it's obvious that he is willing to, in a, in a short-term sense, belittle himself, mm-hmm. not, but ultimately to become the name of above all names. Yeah. But he's, he's actually, God is willing to, like, pander, kind of, I mean, well, to, like, come and, like... Doesn't humility mean that? Like, humility comes from, like, humiliation, yeah, right, like, like literally to yeah. be humiliated. Yes, to, yeah. I mean, to the point, the the whole thing. I mean, if you if you read like at the of end of all the gospels, like it's like utter mm-hmm. utter humiliation, and mm-hmm. it's like it's like okay, God is willing to do all of that. He obviously has a lot of skin in the game. He obviously cares a lot, and he basically he basically isn't trying to like remain like dignified in doing it. Like he he, it's just like total selfless abandon in the most beautiful epic mm-hmm. way. And it's what makes him worthy of all praise. Mm-hmm. It's what makes him the name above all names. It's what it's what totally is like, yes, like I, I can get excited mm-hmm. and, and like fully, I can fully hearted thank you because mm-hmm. you've literally fully hearted get, given me everything I didn't deserve it. But, but my point in that is like, it's, ob- I mean, again, we're, we are getting into kind of a theological dispute, which I think is a silly one, but it does exist. And, 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 you even preach on the sovereignty of God, which is so good. And I totally believe in the sovereignty of God. But like the idea that Christ didn't die for all to me is, is heretical Mm -hmm. because the Bible says that he does Mm -hmm. like Christ died for all so that all might live. Mm -hmm. And, and and to me, the idea that like some people are, are not a part of that. I I mean, and and I I don't, I don't know. We are raising questions that deserve a couple of its own podcasts. (sighs) I know we'll have to go there over over this courses though. My like simple, and this frustrates people when I talk about it too, but I, I just think of like the first Passover and the, the, the sacrifice is offered. Like there has to be, you have to slaughter the lamb. And I think there's a side of it where you, you apply the blood. Yes. And I just, I'm not saying it's a perfect, you know, summary of a very difficult question topic. Yeah. But I do love the idea of just like the lamb is supplied, like, Apply the blood. The blood has to be applied to the doorposts. Yeah. And the blood has to be applied. Um, but this is, I mean, great. Talk. But my, my hope, and I guess that's a pivot I'm going to though for sure. I know, I know. My hope is, you know, that in some ways, friends and family and people we know and love that are either like deconstructing the faith, right? That's just a very overused probably term, but popular yeah. term. But truly trying, you know, you, you must wonder like, what are they looking for? Do they... Do they just want to find a problem to find a problem? You know, and but listen, we got to ask real questions. And so yeah. I think it's okay. Like, I, you know, I've, we've talked to this before. There's like a healthy form of deconstructionism and this unhealthy form. Yeah. An unhealthy form is a sense like the serpent in the garden 
Yeah. Who's basically, you know, from the very beginning, did God really say, like, you, yeah. you don't care what God said or not. Like, you really don't want an answer. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't looking for that. He's just trying to sow, like, discord. Yeah. But um, I think there's a side where Jesus kind of does it, right? Where he was like, you've heard it said, but I say to you. Yeah. And I think that's doing is like, you've heard it this way. Like, this is not the heart of God. And name the topic. He did it with the Sabbath. I mean, he did it with giving. Like, you've heard it said. Yeah. But I say to you. And, and I think that is like a healthy form of deconstruction, which is not that, like, not that I can say, but I say to you. But Jesus going, your interpretation of the heart or law of God has been so misunderstood. And I want to get, I'm here to you know, tell you the heart, the heart of God here. And so I think there's a way for us to say, maybe, maybe you've heard it said in, in, in your youth group. <laughs> maybe you've heard it said um, yeah. from, from a pastor on stage, from some guy you watch on YouTube, from some, you know, well-known, you know, preachers and sneakers kind of video. I have an idea. But yeah. maybe you've heard it said. Yeah. And we're trying to say, you know, but Jesus says to you, you know. Yeah. And I think we want to offer like a healthy form of deconstructionism in some ways. Yeah. Not that's like the main heart of this, but. I yeah. think we want to redeem bad theology that, you know, and who are, again, like in some ways, yeah. who are we? So hold us to God's word. Always do that. Yeah. Like hold us to like study, get into it yourself, like deeply. Uh, my, my hope is as we do this is like, we, you know, we, not that we can even create this, uh, but that question of like, you know, how does, how do you create desire? It's like, I don't know. But yeah. There's something about this where you go, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah. And they shall be filled. Yeah. And I'm excited to hopefully bring up topics or issues or things we've all been thinking or questions on our heart or mind and it's like be hungry like you will be filled yeah. like th- jesus can fill that so yeah. rather than just saying like um did god really say and leave it at that like no explore f- and, and look for an answer yeah i feel like people ask questions they don't really have either they don't really have a question or they don't really want the answer yeah and it's like no ask tough questions you know be be frustrated by this like that's okay but don't yeah. let it stay there it has to yeah. it has to lead to like healthy pursuit yeah. Uh, of I want to know, like, okay, so Jesus claimed to be the truth as well. What what does that even mean or look like? Yeah. Um, so it can't just live out of question and like you try to sound like philosophical and like, oh, but what about this? I and know. Like, okay, you ask, I know. but like explore it. Like, why are you asking that? Yeah. Um, and and fine, maybe you have a reason. So let's explore it. Like, are you really open to the answer? That's such a good point because it, and it is true. Like, I I can get a little bit more like I can tend to become a little bit abstract with things sure. or a little bit philosophical and like you kind of hold ideas at a distance and you kind of analyze them. Like I definitely have that dimension to my personality and it's interesting because that has, that has through God's spirit actually like helped me to navigate through some hard questions that I faced or like 10 years ago. But ultimately that like ultimately it was no it was not an idea that brought me really yeah, back around to point. god it, it it wasn't it and it, it was ultimately like through that process and those conversations it was like praying through ideas mm. bringing ideas to god going alone on the beach howling at the moon and just saying i just want to know you i like I, I, I hate this view that i have of you i feel like you're thanos i feel like you're bad i don't understand but i i I, I want to know you and I, and I want, I don't want to screw this up. I only have one shot at life and I want to know my creator. You know, you look up at the stars, you have those moments of like perspective. Yes. And so, and, and it was through his spirit that the ideas landed home in my heart Mm -hmm. not just like that's the correct answer like a math problem like that's the correct answer to the question 
you unlock the right math problem and go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like that is not how God has operated with me. It's like the ideas are like the conduit through which God himself can reveal truth, but it's ultimately his spirit that convicts and his word that can separate bone from marrow. Yeah. And it's what I'm saying is it's, it is literally a, we're dealing with a actual, no, I don't want creatures the wrong word because he's not a creature. He, we're, we're the creatures, but we're dealing with a being. We're dealing with a, a, a perfect and intelligence. Yeah. A, a, and it's like, it's not just philosophical. And, yes. and, I, and I can lean into that. But I, I just wanted to say that to completely yes. agree with you. It's like, if anything, that in, in terms of, I guess, this first episode, we're kind of asking the question, like, why are we doing this? Sure. What's this podcast about? Yeah. One of my things is like, just to pr- offer some helpful stories, anecdotes, mm-hmm. ideas, um, references, quotations, scriptures, just to like present oh, yeah. these things there. But ultimately it's like, these are the raw materials that like God can hopefully, we pray that you, that God will use to, to help people. But like, yes. like we're, we don't have the power to, to no. do anything basically. No. We're just like it's so weird when you think about it. Like there's just words coming out, you know. But yeah, it's crazy what the Holy Spirit can do with the Word of God. Yes, you know, we're trying to find that like that logos Word of God where it's like we're quoting Scripture or looking at some you know something from a big picture. But then you're like, okay, Holy Spirit, bring it to our heart. Like bring it into that just like this unique word for this moment that's just from you. Just yeah. Into, and whether this is years on the road, months on the road, I think I've shared this with you, man. My, I'm just gonna be honest. My heart is. I, you know, think about my son growing up, my kids growing up, and I just go, I want them to hear, like, I would love to know what my dad thought at, I'm 33, like, at 33 years old, as he's navigating his, you know, being a dad, and being a father, like, being a father, being a pastor, being whatever, like, whatever the occupation is, and, like, navigating that, yeah. trying to raise kids, and, you know, it's hard, and I fail, and I'm sorry, and I love you, and I'm trying to point you to Jesus, and, and in some ways, like, you know, it's crazy that we have this opportunity, because this was not common, that people can just, it's so easily, and so freely, you know, you can hear, you know, it's something that your dad or friend put up, know. You know, years ago. But I think that just the idea of like, I hope my kids can go, man, like I'm navigating being a young parent. I'm not like, I hope that I honestly hope that's used in 23 years. They might not care, but I yeah. hope and pray they would. Um, yeah. But I think it's just like, what would I want to share? What would I want, what would I want to, what would I want to express? And then just being like, you know, God has called me to be a pastor. And so there's that shepherding heart of like, I want to be a shepherd that brings you to the, the ultimate shepherd, the true shepherd, the chief yeah. shepherd, the good shepherd you know, the great shepherd, all the terms that he used in the scripture, the good, great chief shepherd, Jesus. Yeah. I want to, I want to do that because, um, he has been so faithful through the valleys and yeah. surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I just, I don't want people to see Jesus as that good shepherd. And so we're trying to go, Hey, we're going to, this will be uncomfortable. I feel like for me, for you at times, for people listening, like yeah. how are they get themselves out of this one? Um, but I, I, I hope that we can just like navigate that with Jesus, the great shepherd. Yeah. And make sure again, I love when they saw Jesus, right? In John one, it says he's full of grace and truth. Hmm. And that to me is just like, what a beautiful blend of words. Like the fact that this is what John saw. That when we saw Jesus, it was grace and yeah. truth. Yeah. And it's like, man, how do we be that for our world? How do we hmm. go? Here's this beautiful grace. It's not earned. It's freely given by the blood of Jesus, by the gift of God. And yet here's truth, which is going to challenge you and call you to action and call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so this idea of grace and truth is so beautiful that yeah. I hope that can be seen in this podcast where there, you know, we might have strong disagreements with some worldviews that are incredibly commonplace today. Yeah. But at the same time, 
out of love and out of grace, we're calling him out of that into God's marvelous light. Yeah. Um, because again, he's had to call me out of my worldview. It's like, yeah. it's almost assumed that I think at times that um, Christians don't have views that differ from God. It's like, no, we, we do. And we have to humbly submit. And yeah. so I try, like, I really do trust this point. Like, I'm glad I'm not God. I'm glad it's not my, what I think about the world, the way the world should work. Yeah. I have to humbly and lovingly, and actually now it's like, I gladly submit my, my worldview, like yeah. change it, God. Um, I would have maybe naturally done it differently, but I'm thankful you do it. You don't agree with what's common in whatever modern era it is. Whatever yeah. time period of civilization has ever existed on planet earth. Mm. You know, God has disagreed with that common worldview. What was once common is not so common today. Yeah. And I think in 50 years, 100 years, if, if Jesus hasn't returned by then, what was so easily believed, it's like, we should be thankful. It's like, yeah, don't you understand why the gospel didn't maybe line up with that postmodern worldview or fill in the blank worldview? Yeah. Because what if he always agreed with everyone at every time period? And he wouldn't be God. Yeah. He wouldn't, it, be, it he wouldn't be wise. He'd be all knowing. Yeah. And it wouldn't even be possible because, like, nobody has agreed <laughs> about true. anything for, like, more than a year. So he has to disagree with what's kind of common in culture. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what we want to explore is like, it's okay. It's okay if this sounds contrary to what's common, a common belief. Yeah. You know, we have to be okay with that. I, I think, I think one last thing I wanted to say is like, and it kind of does go along with that. Um, like no one's pointing a gun to either of our heads. Like <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. What, what what I mean is like, like we're not brainwashed. We're not getting credits from some church to do this. Like, I I honestly think that like lucky is the wrong word, but blessed is too cliche. But there's a sense in which I feel like I have dodged a bullet. I feel like all around me are like landmines of, of, of ideology and temptation and all these things. And I, I have my, certainly my own problems. Like I'm, I'm not like, Oh, I'm better than anybody else or something. Can you but show those right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, we can go there. I'm not afraid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I, I do, I really, really do have the feeling of like, I'm, I'm really lucky. Yeah. Like I like I, like some of my best friends have not landed in the same place that I am with mm-hmm. God, and it, it makes me really really sad. And it's like it's like I, I analyze it all the time. Like what's different? Like we have the same like upbringing, same Christian school, same church, all this stuff. But like what like what caused me to like kind of dip into that deconstruction and then be able to like kind of get out of that nosedive and, and turn the corner and it really was kind of what i was describing earlier it was like it was god it was god's truth it was me just by grace being like humble enough to be like okay like what's going like i like and kind of just pointing things to him yeah. but like like basically i think that we both are probably and again not in a way of superior but just it's a little bit I want to say like, let me think of how to say this best. I'm wanting to say we're unusual, which sounds cocky. But what 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 I'm really trying to say is that um, there's a lot of people our age mm-hmm. who who don't don't care to like take the time to do something like sure. this, and I don't think that that's something to be taken lightly. In the sense that I'm like, man, I feel so like. Like, I want to share yeah. the things that, like, God has taught me. And I want to, like, help people who might be wrestling with the same questions that I've wrestled with yes. to get through them and on the other side of them. Or the people who haven't even wrestled with those questions yet yeah. are and who are still in what I would kind of call, like, Christian brainwash, which is yeah. just, like, 
you haven't actually thought yet or, or you it, it's like none of it's real it's like kind of this like cultural christianity thing that happens where you're like i grew up in that i know all the mores i know all the traditions but like like the pennies haven't dropped yet to, to use a tim keller term like the the the, the or the quarters haven't dropped yet like the, the, like a vending machine is his analogy you put the quarters into the vending machine you're waiting for the soda what's going on and then sometimes god has to pound you until finally the 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 quarters drop down and then the soda comes out and i think there's a lot of people that are like in that middle ground where like the deposit of information has gone in but like it hasn't sunken down into the heart and like the the fruit ha- isn't isn't being produced and like yeah so so for me i i, I don't want to speak for you either but i i think that like i look at us and i'm just like man i think that we and uh, statistically speaking and in a lot of ways have basically by grace dodged a, a, a bullet uh, of the bullet of deconstruction the bullet of just like doubt unto despair mm. or doubt unto agnosticism or even like I can still say all the right things, but I basically don't love Jesus, you know, and there, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of people who do. I'm not like, well, we're like the two special. It's whatever. No. But I'm just like, man, I, I feel like I basically know. I feel like I know the whole Thing. And I'm just talking about deconstructions. Like I feel like so I've lived through. Yeah. No, I feel like I have lived through, wrestled yes. through. Yes, exactly. And, and I guess what I'm really trying to say, I'm being long with it. What I'm really trying to say is, no one has a gun to my head. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing this for credit. I have looked and I found, and there's no one like Jesus. Yeah. That that's what I'm trying to say. And I think it's it's that is not everything you said is true, but it does not qualify us for this. There's nothing that does. It's, we're just saying, you know. Except for the grace of God. Yes. Like, we're just... I'm just explaining my motivation. My my motivation is like, oh, I feel like... I feel like it's like I'm looking at a trap on the ground. I'm like, my foot was in that trap. It doesn't make sense. And I don't don't like that yours is. I I think that's the idea, right? It's like going to war. And if you go, everyone wants war. But I'm sure the guys, like you hear those stories, guys who come back and go, why did I come back? Why was I one that made it? Yeah. And and then like, but we're like constantly in this war. Like we're never right. not in this war. Right. And it's amazing to think, you know, but obviously Jesus won the war and there's a side we could like explore that. All these yeah. analogies fail at some point. Yeah. But I, I do agree and love what you're saying. And I just think what Paul said, you know, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I love Paul. Only Paul, I can't say this. He's like, I've worked harder than you all. And yeah. It's still the grace of God that is in me, you know? Yeah. And so like, for me, that's what I want to like boast in. Yes. It's like, it's the grace of God. Yeah. You know, or I'd be, you know, so it does, does make sense. Like, I, I love what you, you kind of said, like, I humbled myself. I think there's a side where James says, humble yourselves, and the side of the Lord, he'll lift you up. And there's also a side where God humbles you, you yeah. know? And, yeah. Um, you know, you just, we're just hoping and praying that regardless of where you or anyone at is at with it, without the Lord or with your faith, is that the, that Jesus and the Spirit speak and move, and you hear his voice, and you hear that he's a good father who's pursuing you and loves you, and, and he's looking for you to come home, and he's running. And even if you've been walking with the Lord for years, it's not like this prodigal story. It doesn't matter, like, how do we equip how do we yeah. encourage? How do we love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Like we're saying, we want to love God with our mind at times. Maybe we'll be more apologetic. We want to love God with our heart. You know, like I love yeah. hearing you talk about Jesus and the gospel because it's so beautiful, dude. Like you tear up and they go, man, that's, we don't want to just love God with our mind either. So yeah. how do we have that perfect blend of, um, I'm loving God with my mind. I'm loving God with my heart. I'm loving God with my resources. So yeah. if this is the resources God has given us, let's do it. You know, whatever yeah. it is. And then there's the concern. I want to make sure I bring this up is, um, Paul in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians says, like, though you have ten thousand or thousands of instructors, you don't have many fathers in the faith. And so 
there's 10,000 plus podcasts out there. Yeah. There's so much instruction out there. And, and obviously it's like, find that quote unquote father, find that church, find those yeah. elders, find those deacons, find those followers of Jesus who can pour and invest where you maybe have a mixture of people older or, you know, iron on iron. But I just think like, that's why the local body exists. And this is more of a supplement to your faith. And, you know, although I, I heard, I've been listening to podcasts and we got good, it's like, no, you need to, you need to taste and see the Lord is good. And yeah. um, you need to go and worship and, you know, gather. And so, my concern sometimes is being another voice among the thousands of voices. I know. And, you know, we also are like a local church in a local area. We want to serve local needs. And that's kind of my heart perspective is that if this equips anyone from our church, body, yeah. like that's my hope and heart. Because um, these conversations that I think we've had and are going to have um, are the conversations people are asking. Yeah. And I get text messages, Bible questions, and, you know, I get these thoughts and I'm like, man, I wish I could just send them. Like I have, you know, yeah. and sometimes it's nice to like unearth it with someone else. And unpack it with someone else and um, that's what i'm hoping we can do here i could be like you know what that's a phenomenal question and you know listen to this and, and not to answer everything by any means yeah but hopefully kind of point you in the right direction um yeah so in some ways too we want to teach you how to fish then just give you a fish so maybe and i want to bring this up maybe we'll be a mixture of you know talking through some books or some things that we're benefiting from maybe it's un unearthing some just cultural topics we want to uh, maybe it's just looking at um you know, talking through maybe some common questions we get, or I wish I could have explained this more even from Sunday's message. And this is, this is a thought that needs to be shared more in a dialogue kind of way than a monologue kind of way. Mm -hmm. which I think it's beautiful when you can dialogue versus just like monologue and people are like, uh, I have a question. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping can happen. I hope it's like a mixture of things Yeah. and yeah. that hopefully over time will become more clear, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think that, that, I think that there's so like, there, there's so many, there's so many different, ways to skin a cat basically yeah. and is there that's so weird and i've <laughs> applied none of them <laughs> yeah. to be clear so nor do i know where that phrase yeah. comes from <laughs> um but you, you know what i'm saying like there, there's a lot of different paths that that this could go down and i think that if we had them all laid out in advance i would feel uncomfortable with that <laughs> no it's true you know what i mean i i think that it's like what jesus did when the tower fell you know, he yeah. kind of used that to illustrate a truth or a point. And when he, when, you know, we, I saw what tower, where, when, you know, he spoke into like a relevant moment and yeah. applied a biblical or gospel truth in that. Yeah. Right. I think that's, Paul did that. I mean, you see that in the book of Acts, you see that like, this is a common thought or a circumstance that happened in our world today. Maybe, you know, in some ways I like to, I, it's healthy to talk about it with other believers. And again, how do we take on this gospel framework and mindset? to whatever that is so you're right sometimes like we want to be thoughtful not lazy in this yeah but we, yeah, yeah but we don't want it to just be overly polished where there's no room for the spirit or no room for a certain moment a moment thing that might happen that we need to address and bring up yeah so i agree yeah this is fun this is great, man. Yeah. Well, maybe I, I have so many other like maybe. thoughts too. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we, I could circle yeah. back to that. But how much time has it been? I don't know. But even if no one listens to this, like I said, hopefully Micah will in like 30 years. So. Dude, I know. <laughs>